chill stream. Whoa. Okay, we're we're live now. Hello, everyone. Yo. Hello. Yeah. Welcome to the second episode of Rogues Gallery Podcast, where we talk about all things D and D and the RPG. So. Uh, Aina has an intro. What? <laughs> I was trying You're to make it. look like I'm it. Sorry, I'm sorry, it was good, it was great. I don't want to do this anymore. <laughs> we've, we've pulled the curtain behind the, behind was, the great magician. I was going to be a, like a toddler streamer now, not baby streamer anymore. Jeez. Uh, <laughs> you know, it's got like the authenticity, you know, of the stream is. Anyway, today... Uh, is the same old cast with me, Aina, and then there's Ray, who's doing you. news, crit with stories, same as me, but he's Hello. just a bit more of a silver, positive, lining, rainbows and sunshine, you know? That's um, me, um, I am rainbows and sunshine, yeah, incarnate, and, yeah. and I bring you misery in stories, and then there's oh. also you war. do all around. Alright, so yeah, each of us hold a section of the show from news, stories, homebrews, and we're gonna talk about a bunch of other things as well from about DD and TTRPG. So, okay, well, we spent a lot of time on here already. Let's go to the ring. Oh, wait, the ring. <laughs> what am I saying? Of course, you, you cannot say my name without the. <laughs> no, no, I fed his ego. Oh, no, anyway. <laughs> I just realized I was on the wrong screen. I'm sorry, you didn't see it. Alright, go back, go back, okay. go back, go back. There you All go. Right. Pro- so, professional streamer move. I'm not a professional streamer. I told you I'm a toddler streamer. I'm, I'm working <laughs> things out. Okay. So, what you got for the news today? Alright. So, uh, this is kind of like an article that I found which basically talks about how this, uh, or- this uh, game shop managed to get their city, uh, their city of Carbondale, uh, to proclaim RPG Day uh, in their town. I think it was 25th of June, which is the same day as the free RPG Day. Uh, My Bixby suddenly activated for some reason. Shut up, Bixby. Alright. But yeah, uh, essentially, uh, these guys were able to uh, encourage their city to officially basically proclaim uh june 25th as the rpg day of the city which is really cool oh where is but it where is the city that and is a good question actually let me just google it for a bit carbondale no i mean just say it's very carbondale, generic it's illinois. city wait it says there it is yeah illinois <laughs> Do you not read the actual article? You say you we want to react to it together. Uh, yeah, know? but so, yeah, yeah. at the very least, you're supposed to read it. Pro, pro. Professional streamer move. Yeah, professional streamer move right there. <laughs> so, Rain, how do they do it? Uh, essentially, just go over and talk to the guy. Apparently, it's uh, pretty simple. Oh, where is it? I saw it just on. The process took about two weeks for the money to make the proclamation and we already have local media contacting us about it so yeah it's literally just them pestering their mayor about it maybe we should pester like malaysia's i don't know oh my god ministry oh, no. of like sports or something like hey game day please i'm hey, pretty sure game day, please. we'll be cut down for heresy Nah, <laughs> you, know what? you know what malaysia is You'll at that kind of like in, in, in that and that kind of age, I think, like in the in the what was it? What was, what was the thing in America again? The D and D scare. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, satanic Actually, yeah, you guys look forty years behind. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Only forty oh. years behind. Nice. Good enough. <laughs> nice. <laughs> You're expecting one hundred. I'll take forty. The good news is that if the world ever ends, I'm gonna go to Malaysia and like live out 40 more years of my life there. Exactly. Yeah. Unfortunately, (laughs) it's 40 years, but like with the bad effects of the whole climate change and everything, so Uh, it kind of sucks. 
Anyway, here's what the, the who who actually started this. Uh, it is kind of like a game shop basically over there called the uh, Castle Perilous Games and Books. Uh, there's like ah. the owner, uh, Scott Thorne. He's the one that kind of start this whole thing. Yeah, but essentially, yeah, he just they have a really active community over there, and because with that active community, they find out who their who the PR officer of the city, and then just spam them essentially. Well, properly, of course. They have they have this whole late letter over here, uh, and then just spam the guy and appear in some meetings, and then yeah, let the news know about it. Apparently it's pretty simple. I'm not. I w it works in America. I wonder if it'll work uh, in our country. That'll be cool. Uh, sure. Only one way to find out. <laughs> well, I, I do think it's, have... bit, it's burgeoning. I guess uh, the D and D. There's uh, at least in the Facebook group. I always see new people just joining in and say, "Hey, I'm new to the place. Where can I play D and D from?" And people are just, you know. So maybe, that is true. I guess. Although yeah, the, the number one part is the uh, hardest part uh, at the moment. Be active. Be active. Yeah, because the community is so decentralized, so it's a bit hard. That's true. Yeah. But where you, where like where you guys are from? Is there like anything like that? Uh, is is the RPG kind of community is like pretty big from where you guys are from? Huh. Yeah, war. I mean, uh, I mean, Crit, would you like to go first? I'm trying to think. <laughs> sure. Been um, hmm. yeah. In my hometown, there's like several, uh, I don't think festivals, right? Where there's like events in different places that are all about like war games and tabletop games. And I'm from like, you know, small town Serbia, which is kind of jarring. But like you have people come in from different countries to play. I remember I met like Russians and Norwegians and stuff. So that was pretty cool. Uh, playing uh, Warhammer and all those other war games that I cannot remember the name of for the life of me. <laughs> yes, Sigmar, Star Wars, something I don't remember, but yeah. yeah yes, yes, all two. of that. They had rulers and there was a lot of them and a lot of miniatures and I was like, damn, that's cool. <laughs> How you doing? <laughs> I don't know what's going on. But it's plastic crack, man. You're gonna be broke after that. I, I might, I might get into Age of Sigmar sometime because my Hungarian friends trying to get me. Oh, nice. nice. It's nice when you have friends about it. But yeah. What about you, War? Uh, I'm trying to remember. So we do have anim anime conventions and stuff like that. There's a big like, uh, I what I could say like entertainment influence from all across the world, American okay. per se, Japanese and whatnot. Uh -huh. uh, Count Power Rangers, we have, or like Japanese equivalent, Super Sentai. We have Citri, uh, Satria Garuda, which is like. <laughs> wait, wait. Uh, you have your own Power Rangers? Well, no, we have not Power Rangers. It's not like Common Rider. Yeah, like the yeah. solo, the solo oh, okay. hero, the hero guardian that transforms. Okay, okay, okay. It's about a five man kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. That's, so we do have like uh, influences from media and that. But for oh like RPG God. and stuff like that, uh, I, I don't see a lot of hobby shops that much like that. So, no, I can't say for sure. Yeah, I, I think there there should be there should be there is an online community definitely. I think um, uh, the Avengers League D&D Indonesia is probably a thing, but uh, I don't think there's a big presence of it. No, like not to the point where it's like the whole. Ooh, it's satanism bullshit. But this up this picture of the Satria Garuda that you mentioned. This yes. one? Yes. It looks Satria. legit. <laughs> it is legit. Actually, pretty great. Yeah, it looks legit as shit. Yeah, they have, they have, they have like uh, uh, permission from Bandai. I, I remember because they also made the toys. So it, it was ah, legit production. So it is legit. I mean, yeah, it's not yeah. just a knockoff. Yeah, that's it's, really it's like good. A, it's like a, it's like a, uh, what do you call? It's not a knockoff. It's a re. Parody. It's a parody. No, not parody. parody. I remember. Uh, Spin-off. Spin yeah, a spin-off. There you go. That was of the concept. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's definitely. Yeah, that's one way to say. Yeah, no, it was. Uh, it's like it's a good show. Genuinely, the first season was. Dealt like morality themes, and I'm like surprised for a kid show to deal with this. But then the next season was like, eh, it's like action 
back yeah. to there. Back. Sell the toys, basically. Yeah, yeah. He, had, he had forms. Oh, I can spy. And yeah, it, it kind of <laughs> lost favor for me in that part. But uh, yeah, sorry for the tangent. Um, no, I don't think there's a big RPG uh, influence or community physically like they held old defense. I don't know for mm. sure. I haven't uh, looked on personally on my own like uh, area for it. But definitely in all impressions, for sure there is. And I think if if like the media were get were to get wind of D and D and stuff like that, I'm pretty sure they'd be more open now because they wouldn't have the more like Catholic or like uh, Christian per, uh, perception of ooh they talk about demons and like summoning and cults and whatnot. So mm, mm, I think it would be favored pretty well because we have yeah like Indonesia's like other king. Yeah, it's a bit more open now. Uh, now. Yeah. Yeah, fair, fair. Alright. And yeah, that that I guess that's everything. Uh I do have some other things just to kinda of like quickly breeze through. Let me just open up that sh- our our thing. Where is it? Super Had it open. <laughs> yeah, okay, okay, no, 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 okay. So so we got like uh one uh developer guy who is complaining that Kickstarter crowdfunding is a uh, Stealing money from from actual from quote unquote actual publishers, so uh, that's that. Apparently, actual publishers are not happy that uh, people are making money using crowdfunding instead. So it's like self-publishing on its own, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so they 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 they're not happy about that. Good for that, though. Uh, there is also uh, kind of like an adventure time, like like Saturday morning cartoon kind of time RPG uh, launching called the Land of Eve. Ooh. Give it a look. Yeah, from looks of it, it, lo- it looks like a D and D stat block and everything, but all the monster images and everything are from like uh, like some something that you find in Steven Universe or fucking uh, what's what's that? Adventure time. That's the one. Yeah. And then we got uh, more. Uh, there is some new uh, DND 5e supplement that gives vibes of Elden Ring. Oh, that'll be cool. Uh, is, is, that, is that WTC? Is that. Uh... Uh, no, I don't think that one is not official one, but uh, Atlas of the Latter. That's the name of the. Uh... Sorry, Atlas of the Latter Earth. That's the one. That's the uh, supplement where it's basically about. Uh, has have similarities to Elden Ring, not quite Elden Ring. And then, so, uh, so like, combat-wise yeah. and like rolling and stuff like that. Uh, I think it's more. I think it's more like the feel of it, like the feel of the world, the setup, uh, and everything. I see. Yeah, yeah the classical grim dark. Yeah. Uh, Souls-like uh, experience. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, this is another cool thing. Uh, there is this management company called Alta Fox who wanted uh, Wizards of the Coast to become their own like entity, but uh, apparently Has- Hasbro said no. So, I mean, they just got WTC. Why would they? <laughs> exactly. But you know, WTC is a pretty big, and they have like some arguments and everything. And apparently, Hasbro like, nah, I think we're gonna keep uh, business records for now. And of course, finally, free RPG day on June twenty fifth. Uh, pretty sure there's gonna be a lot of stuff going on on that day. So uh, give shit a look. But yeah, that's everything from me. Ooh. Thanks. All right. Thank you very much. Yeah, that's news for this week now let's go to the um sad parts where we look at rpg horror stories <laughs> can can we not <laughs> yes can we skip that I'm, skip. Wow. I'm looking forward to the horror day. story <laughs> sure sure let's just you know i could just yeah let's it's actually pretty sad I'll be honest. Oh, <laughs> no. All right. Everyone go. somber down. Let's not think happy thoughts. Think of your puppy dying. Well, okay, wait. Not <laughs> that bad. Oh, actually, no. I think that's it. No, I just realized. No. Anyway. Okay. I'm sorry. So, this week's story is titled Inattentive Player Accidentally Propositions the Bad Guy Army to Fight Against Themselves. Um, it's good. That's, that sounds it, good. Well, you'll see. You'll see. All right, because okay, when okay, I was okay. reading, I saw this title. I was like, huh, okay, this sounds interesting. So this is right. posted by Mammoth Warning uh, at RPG Horror Stories Reddit two days ago. Uh, it says extra long, but I don't think it's actually at all that long. Anyway, let's get into it. 
when I think of most RPG horror stories, I think of train wrecks that you can see coming from a mile away. Situations that you know are going to end badly, but you keep hoping for the best until they inevitably crash into a wall. Not so with this tale, no. This is a story of a campaign amongst friends that was going quite well, and how one sentence derailed it entirely. So some context, if we were playing in a homebrew setting, if I had to sum up the campaign in a sentence, it would be World War II, but with vampires. Instead of concentration camps, vampires were funneling other races into farms where they were kept alive, but harvested of their blood to the point where they were basically called comatose. Edgy campaign is edgy, I know. But we all signed up for it and we were all having a good time. Our party is a mix of races, but all of us can at least pass for races that are allied with the vampires. We are, however, part of the rebellion. Our party is given stealth or ambush missions, infiltration and espionage is the name of the game. One such mission finds us in a city that was recently taken over by vampires. They're all celebrating in the streets, having just forced our elven allies to surrender. Our orders are clear. Cause chaos. We're tasked with causing as much confusion and panic in the city as possible, making it vulnerable for our troops to attack. Mechanic-wise, it worked like this. The DM had a counter that started at 0. Through our actions in the city, we had to get that counter to 20. For example, I, a sadder bard, kicked things off by joining the celebration and drinking in the streets. I found the highest ranking officer that I could and used a sleight of hand check to spike his drink with a flask of acid. I then goaded him into a drinking competition and the officer downed the whole thing without tasting it. He was rushed to a hospital and two points were added to the chaos counter. counter. In turn, I faked like I had been poisoned as well to avoid detection, later sneaking out of my hospital room to continue helping my team. What do you guys think of the chaos counter? Oh, I think the mechanic's pretty cool. It, it, it's, it's not like a permanent like campaign thing. It's more yeah. like this particular mission one. Yeah, yeah I, cool. I think implementing a counter is like a good way to summarize. Oh, you need X amount of points and I leave the actions to you. And the yeah. DM could severe, like check the severity of, hmm, they did this and this. Maybe that it's worth set number of points and I'll add that to the counter. Yeah, that was, uh, honestly, this is a good idea. It doesn't have to be for chaos but in particular it could be like mm-hmm. yeah it could be figure out okay you have to figure out a way to open this door you need 10 points do <laughs> yeah, and then you guys start you know using spells locking uh, and all wait, that but does that 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 don't doesn't that sound like help points hit points <laughs> that's more uh that's more standard use um right now in, in my game that i'm running i have something like that kind of where like there's these the whatever the hell abominations getting into the world through cracks and reality and whatnot and like through the party going around and solving different things they like push back the time until the big thing comes right it's like every minor or sometimes major action pushes back that counter further and buys the world more time until they find a permanent solution. So that works like that in my campaign, but I've had a campaign I was in where, like, we were trying to sneak past a sleeping monster, and the dungeon master gave us basically a bar with how angry the monster seems and how sleepy it is. And, like, every failed roll would, like, add to the counter and fill up the bar, <laughs> and when it filled up, it would, you know, attack us and presumably kill us. <clears throat> so it's pretty yeah. tense. It's cool. Yeah. So as the chaos counter rose, security in the city was beginning to make things harder and harder to navigate, making it more difficult to achieve our goal the closer we reached it. Honestly, until everything went wrong, this was the most fun I've had in a session of D&D. We had one goal, but a million different ways to achieve that goal. How we did so was up to our own creativity. However, while trying to achieve this goal, our resident power gamer made a solitary mistake that, in one fell swoop, managed to kill his character, any interest he had in role-playing, and this campaign in under a minute. So for some context, our power gamer will call him Gremlin because that was the name of, uh, of his character in this campaign, was not a problematic one. He played D&D mostly to feel like a badass, as a result, all his characters were heavy hitters in some way. This campaign, things were slightly different. 
He played a goblin artificer named Gremlin, who used a sniper rifle and made grenades. Gremlin was a glass cannon, dealt massive damage from far away, but if you managed to get him in CQC, he was pretty much done before. CQC is close quarter combat. Yeah, that's, that's right, yeah. Yes, oh, you Metal Gear fans. <laughs> Metal Gear. Also, the, this guy reminds me of Farid. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this is I'm usually how he is. Yeah, we love you, Farid. Yeah, no shade, no shade. <laughs> but the character reminds me of a certain uh, certain Leon. The sniper. Well, just because he has a sniper yeah. and is a gremlin doesn't mean anything. Go I mean, on. if you if you pipe bombs, I'm pretty sure you had some military training if you made pipe bombs. True. Maybe, hey, Dungeon Master, can Leon make pipe bombs? Uh, <laughs> anyway. I'll yep. Unlike most campaigns I've played with him in, though, this time, Gremlin really was getting to his character. He played his goblin as someone who was constantly trying to be charismatic but failing miserably, as most things that came out of his mouth only showed what a paranoid shut-in he truly was. When it wasn't a life-threatening situation, he was constantly trying to meet diplomacy and bluff checks that his minus two charisma modifier couldn't possibly back up. It was funny and slightly tragic, and he was doing such a great job. As such, the player was very attached to Gremlin because Gremlin was the first time he was playing a character and not just himself. So, resuming with the campaign session, the chaos counter was at around 13 to 14 out of 20. Security was strict, and we were relying on our two stealth based characters, the Rogue and Gremlin, to finish it off. Gremlin noticed the bar full of what he thought was rebel soldiers, our allies, with no easy way into the bar. Locked doors, sandbags in the windows, etc. So he hid in a barrel of ale that was being brought inside through the back, popped out once he was in the kitchen and asked the rebel soldier, soldiers who wants to crack some vampire skulls. I can't remember. Yeah, so this is the sentence that ruined the entire campaign. Yeah, so so how... Okay, before I go through it, how do you guys think this went? Why, why, did, why did this sentence... So bad that it ruined the entire campaign. Wait, so to reiterate, Gremlin went into the bar of the allies? Oh, of the, he, of the he, enemies? He thinks it's well, allies, he but no. Uh, uh, soldiers, they're allies, so they hid but, in the barrel. And, right. Yeah. Well, so once they were in the kitchen, they, he asked the rebel soldiers who wants to crack some vampire skulls. Like, right away, like, oh, for sure, you know. So, how do you guys think this went? Yeah, I'm just assuming everything just went to shit from there. Yeah. Like, like, like he's found out, and his character gets killed, and blah blah blah. It's so what I'm assuming. Yeah. I, I, I think <laughs> from what I'm hearing and the context of the beginning, maybe uh, an abrupt attack occurs and it all went to shit, and the battle that ensued had him died. Maybe like preemptive attack without the full force. That's what I'm thinking. Anyway, uh, Gremlin, while he was finally getting into the role-playing aspect of D&D, still was not great at remembering details about the world he was playing in. Fair enough. Our DM put a lot of effort into his setting, and there was a ton of information about politics, nations, factions, etc. I won't bore you with the long explanation, but to understand Gremlin's mistake, I will give a simplified version. There are vampires, there are rebels fighting the vampires, and then there are traitors. Members of the hunted races who sold out their own people and joined the vampire army as a way to save their own skin. These traitors had a faction. I think it was the Dragon Guard or something like that. Gremlin was not speaking to the rebel army. He was speaking to the Dragon Guard. But he thought the Dragon Guard was our army. So when Gremlin said, who wants to crack some vampire skulls? And the DM responded with the word, are you sure you want to do this? Gremlin responded with a confident, absolutely. The Dragon Guard all looked at Gremlin, then drew their guns and fired. Gremlin, now realizing his mistake, managed to dodge enough incoming fire to make it out of the bar, but he was now being chased. Limping along on 5 HP, in a last ditch effort, he ducked into an alleyway and tried to hide in a crossways. He rolled for stealth and failed miserably. 
So the dragon guard killed Gremlin and dumped his body in a nearby dumpster. The DM ended the session there. So naturally, Gremlin's player had no interest in creating a new character. The DM canceled the campaign a few days later, stating that he lost interest in the campaign. He realized his own mistake for not telling the Gremlin stated straight up that his character would know the difference between his enemy and his allies. I agree that DM should have stopped and let Gremlin. Gremlin retconned the situation right then and there instead of going through the firing garage. Uh, I played with the Gremlin's playmate and stuff like that. He went back to only being a power gamer with not much role play in the So, it's um, a bit sad. Uh, yeah. Like, so, TLDR, a power gamer player who wasn't paying close enough attention to the world building, gets ganked in an alleyway because he thought he was talking to allies when he was really talking to enemies. DM follows through with killing the PC instead of stopping and explaining the player the mistake he was making. So campaign shuts down as a result. God damn. Yeah. It's a bit sad. I mean, it's tragic as all shit. Poor gremlin, I want to say. And I, I do feel like partially, I mean, it's obviously not not gremlin's fault, you know, for not understanding what's going on. But like, as a dungeon master, he really should have stepped in the guy and yeah. said, like, Hey, you're addressing your enemies as if friends. Are you confused? And then they're like, oh, maybe. And then, you know, they have it explained to him and they just I move mean, on well, with their well, lives. What you guys do as DM? Like, if this um, player was confused, because I feel uh, like... Personally, uh, shout out to Rose mwah, out there, wherever you are. She is so fucking confused during our session sometimes. <laughs> we have to stop and explain things. <laughs> so, you know, um, I, I, I stop and explain things when required. Yeah. Sometimes I kind of revel in the confusion, but I don't kill her character over it. Like, some people just can't process things on the, you know, same level as everyone else. I'm not calling anyone stupid. What I mean to say is people understand things differently. Yeah. So, you gotta kind of accommodate that as a dungeon master yeah that, that's why there's a lot of time i do the uh, okay your character would know that blah 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 yeah. so and just just to make sure you know the, the party has is in the same headspace as the character in that moment you know yeah exactly that yeah oh, damn damn that just was Oh it god. Does. It's just the like, sacrifice like, he lost interest. Oh no. I mean, it makes sense. It's the first time he actually went out of the bubble. And like, uh, role playing is actually a lot of vulnerability. And it, like, you know, it's even brilliant. if you're not playing yourself, you're playing some version of yourself. And it's great. And that's god. Yeah. god. I think for me as a DM, like, I mean, I've never, I've DM'd once and it was terrible. But I've been a long time, like, player that. Maybe I can confidently say I could DM uh, something, uh, 5e game. But um, I think for me, I wouldn't have the heart to like genuinely, this would be a suicide at that point attempt. Because like, that's so sad. Like letting he letting the player just do it and not- I mean, uh, you, you, you gotta, you, you gotta be the GM's headspace at the moment. I think what he's thinking is like the player understands the situation. And you know, okay, so you want to do this crazy thing? I'm gonna allow it since you really want to do it. But he yeah. did ask, like, are you yeah. sure about this? Yeah, yeah. I think I think the yeah yeah I agree. The DM should have like clarified again. But I can see how the GM thinks that, you know, he understands what's happening because I I I feel like you know, uh, uh, Rain, you do it sometimes. But then like that's why uh sometimes I just butt in and say uh. Like I don't think Crit knows what is. Uh, I think it, for that was time where like uh, we're talking about the Blue Rose Bomb in our campaign, Arc of the Twelve, and like uh, uh, Crit didn't know the implication of it. Oh yeah. There was there, to there was something off. like that, and then like yeah, there, there, I, I there are things. To... Yeah. yeah. Sorry. Sir. Go ahead. <laughs> I, I want to set off a blue rose bomb thing to fuck with those cultists, uh, <laughs> which would have been really bad because I, as a player, didn't know. So yeah, 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 I got told, "Hey, in the world, here's how it works." Yeah. Christ started. 
Yeah, sometimes yeah. I, I guess I, I guess the, the DM just wasn't aware that they weren't in the same headspace. I think that's all. Yeah, I mean, at, afterwards it's just it it sucks. Like the DM also lost interest. Maybe he also felt bad about it. Yeah. Yeah, it's just suck. I mean, yeah, but damn, yeah. Anyway. <laughs> yeah, but anyway, damn, yeah. <laughs> let's um, let's continue with our next section. Maybe um, look into something a better. Less heavy. Yeah, a little less heavy. I'll find something less heavy for this time around. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, that, that was that's just depressing though. <laughs> well, no, I mean, I, I guess. Anyway, <laughs> let's move you on, guess. and I'll I'll give it to War for a homebrew. What's the item for this week? What's the homebrew for this week? Sorry. Oh wow. Uh, uh, sorry, I gotta compose myself. All right, all right. I'm sorry. Yeah. All right. <laughs> um, um. So. Oh, uh, no finish. Should we take a break? Was that no, no, happy no. for everyone? I did not expect that. I'll be honest. Uh, it's no. fine. I'm cool. I'm cool. It's just I need. <laughs> it's fine. Okay. Uh, all right, let's just open up in the big screen. Uh, the open up the inter- oh, yeah, the big screen. <clears throat> so hello, and today for today's homebrew section, we have another item. Uh, this time we'll be reviewing one item instead of two. Uh, but don't worry, next uh, week we have a juicy one. Is we're gonna be reviewing, in, if I recall correctly, a subclass for sorcerers. So stay tuned for that episode. Uh, but for today we have. Uh, a small item again, a magical one. We can choose to critique it later on and see if we can choose uh, to make any improvements or whatnot. Uh, but here we have an item from T Newton on Instagram. So you can go ahead to their Instagram page and follow for more D and D art. Uh, I saw some of it and whatnot. It's kind of cool. I think they do commissions. I forgot to check their page a few times from there. But go ahead. And here we have. Mag- uh, mage hand hand I call it, I almost called it magic but yes mage hand hand a rare ring item that requires attunement and basically any user who wears the ring is able to cast with three charges um, in three charges the spell uh, mage hand which is quite neat for a magic item but I feel the rarity is uh, definitely a sour point of this item um, extra information regarded is the extra cool thing about it is it can also act as an amputee hand because there's a little uh, flippage on the bottom that says the ring, if the ring were to be placed over a severed arm so let's say I don't know um, fingers to forearm before your shoulders cut off bam you could it'll probably go in size and you have Magic hand, I guess. So yeah, is a. When this is the case, Mitch hand can be summoned with its range changed to self. Ah, uh, I don't think it just gives you an arm. It's just uh, that you can change the range. It gives you a special arm, and it's cool. Yeah, 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 yeah it gives you a magic arm, arm essentially. Yeah. Magic, you be that one dude with that magic arm, basically. Yeah. It's with this entire range. As a title, okay. Says, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's cool. Uh, Rain, do you want to go first? Yeah, uh, for, first of all, um, you can cast Mage Hand at will, but the three charges is you can cast Arcane Hand, uh, aka its more commonly known name is Big uh, Hand! Oh, that's that spell? <laughs> I didn't yes. know! I mean, it's oh, a wow. hashtag. <laughs> it can be Big Hand. Oh yeah. god damn it, I'm yeah, sorry. It's actually pretty. Sam Rigo renamed it, so I didn't know that Arcane yeah. Hand is uh, Bigby's Hand. So, uh, Big, yeah. Bigby's Hand is the Wizards of the Coast name, but Bigby is a name of a character in their world. So that's uh, like a copyright thing, so they can't use it for open gaming license or something. So instead, for if you're not using the one with the name, you call it Arcane Hand. So, I yeah, see. Just, just yeah, information kinda for kinda you, like, all of you making homebrews out there. Kind of like Tasha's right. hideous laughter, because Tasha's. Yeah. yeah, so it's just hideous laughter to the outside people. 
Mmm, I see, I see. That, yeah. <laughs> Magic Mansion had another, I don't remember. Anyway. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah, that's, that's sorry about the confusion. <laughs> no, no, no. Uh, Young, young three-year player that barely plays the martial class also. <laughs> Excuse me for that part, but yeah, this magic item, uh, basically magic hand, cast arcane hand and ha cast mage hand. Is that the same? Wait, is mage hand? Uh, mage hand is the cantrip. So, oh, yeah. is the mage hand is the thing that lets you move stuff around from the right, distance? Right, right. Yeah, yeah. And then the arcane hand is the one where you can smack people around. <laughs> Ah uh, yes. Basically, dog hand from Smash. Yeah. Right? Oh, yeah. oh yeah. Oh my oh, god. Wait, yeah, it, it is. Hand or is it God hand? I forgot the name. Is Mas it? Master hand. Mas yeah. This is like crazy hand and master hand. I think. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Hands. Crazy hand is the more floppity flippity glove. Yeah. Yeah. There's like a bunch of different stuff you can do. You can have a clenched fist, forceful hand, grasping hand, interposing hand, and yeah. they're all like super fucking powerful. By the way. Yeah. Exactly. So, 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 rare item, yeah, checks out. Yeah, okay, now, so. the, like, now the rarity makes sense. Sorry yeah, about yeah, that. Yeah, 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 like, no, no, no. It, it, it's fair. Like, like you can cast a, a really useful spell, uh, three charges, it's all good. Uh, I don't know, I, I think this is just a good item. Albeit, I uh, don't want to be rude. Uh, like, it, it, it lacks a little bit of a oof compared to the last week's, I think. I like the idea of last week where like it's a bit you know vague on how you can use it. This one's more like it casts a spell. It's That's more it. traditional. Yeah. I but respectfully disagree. Oh, okay, all right, go on. Why? <laughs> we all <laughs> just agree. Just, just to be a contrarian. Yeah, really. yeah, yeah, yeah. Devil's advocate. Devil's advocate. We're gonna have the running joke now. Oh but, my god! But if you're missing a limb, which, by the way, side note, uh, characters with one or two missing arms using like magical items to give them like ghostly spectral arms is the coolest aesthetic to me, and I will never back down on this. What? No, it's you know what? Really that, that part I do agree. Uh, that that yeah. part is yeah. pretty cool. I, yeah. I can attest to that. Yeah. Yurkel said, and... uh, "PC lost his arm in a campaign and made this item to cope." <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> my, arm, my, my, my new arm is cooler, anyways. Oh, but that'd be yeah. cool though. It's like like J. It's basically J. Five's uh, quest of making a new leg yeah. and everything. Except I beat him to the punch. <laughs> With regeneration, I'm sorry. <laughs> make make the leg look like a hand. It's just a hand that's like spread out, uh, palm open. Oh my god, does it work with leg? <laughs> Is it just like a monkey's oh leg, god. you know? Oh my god, yeah, what if it's just yeah, Oh god. <laughs> Uh... So yeah, a second cool thing about the item is that it's like if you're missing a limb, you can use it to make mage hand your hand, right? Or arm, because yeah. it's cool. I imagine you're wearing it like on your shoulder, basically, mm. and it just extends into like a blue spectral arm, which is super or cool. Or your stump, like yeah. the stump. Yeah. I mean... Yeah, and like it'd be such a cool idea to use that in different things, you know, reach into places that you otherwise couldn't reach because you know your hand's a physical thing. But with this hand, you can reach through, right? Because Mage Hand doesn't uh, oh. have limitations on where it can squeeze through, right? Oh, that—that that is a good question, actually. That what I'm not quite sure. Because usually, if it's like, it, it will say spectral hand or something like, 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 like a uh, spiritual weapon. It'll say a, a spectral weapon, meaning it doesn't, doesn't occupy space or anything like that. I'm not quite sure about Mage Hand, actually. That is a good question. Can it just Mage Hand through a door, for example? Well, I'm pretty sure you can, like. Summon mage hand where you see it? Question yeah, mark? yeah, that, that that one. Yeah, you can summon it where you can see it. So with the range of range of stealth, I imagine that you can do it within five feet of you. So you can hypothetically go through like a crack in a door. I I, I think the, the other side. Yeah, I, I think the idea is, yeah, yeah, I guess so. Like like you put you just put your stump right next to the door. You know, you cast the mage it's hand ten hour thing. Maybe maybe it's more like uh. Maybe it's more... I guess it should be more specified that it's, it has to be... I mean, it's the user. The user can be an object? Is that really how it is? I mean, how would a, how would a, how would an object use a magic item? Right. Uh, I'm confused. 
Wait, isn't that what you guys were talking about? Put it on like a door and then make it. No, 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 but my my argument is it it kind of like produces, from my I understand it basically just produces an arm. It doesn't have the properties of a mage hand where you can float around and everything because the range is not thirty feet anymore. It's just thirty meters. Uh, sorry, it, it's just self. So like you can't bring it any distance away from you. Yeah. That's that's what feet. I'm imagining. Yeah, not even five feet, just on you. That that's what I'm I'm thinking. So so you can't use it to just go through a wall but again that, that's that, that's one of those things where it's up to the gm's I mean, interpretation here's my interpretation right uh, mm -hmm. monk's fists can reach five feet ergo a spectral fist should reach five feet Simple i disagree point. uh <gasps> monks you attack the reaches five feet but if you put out your hand you're not gonna reach five feet that's oh, my counter <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Okay, okay, okay. monkey D Luffy, okay. <laughs> Whatever. It's true though, because like when when you're in like okay, I don't know what's the English word for it, like when you're you know sword on sword on each other, you the distance on average kinda of like around five feet from each other. It's not yeah. the distance of attack is five feet. It's not that, you know, your hand can stretch out to five feet when you're attacking someone. It's what I'm what I'm thinking. That's what, that's what I'm saying. Uh, you can do that. You can do an attack. <laughs> but anyway, speaking of long range, you could also combine the, from your call. You could also combine this with the glove from last time. You'll get a long range sticky hand of forgetfulness. The, oh, the that if you touch people, you oh, that 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 would be cool though. Like you can cast spells through the this quote unquote mage hand. Just like additional special effect, you know. I wonder. Oh, no, damn, that, that would make sorcerers way more powerful. Too OP. Never mind. Never mind. Okay. Shocking grass from thirty meters away. Also, Kurt, <laughs> you have a very uh, enthusiastic fan in the yes. chat. I'm gonna gonna throw a shot in the dark here and say, "Hey, Vinny, how you doing? <laughs> <laughs> Welcome aboard." Damn, I thought it was your wife. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> That makes no nah, sense nah. now. <laughs> <laughs> that makes more sense when you really think about it. What? <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> That's Papa Penguin in the name. It's not my wife. I don't know. Maybe <laughs> yeah, you know, know, your man. wife likes yeah. Penguin and born in 1983. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> no, when born, come on. But but no, it's probably Vinny if I'm if I'm if I'm guessing right. What in that case, hi wife? Vinny. <laughs> Say something in the chat, coward. Pre prepare to be proven wrong. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, she, she opens the door and it's like, it was me. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, what? Anything else? See, it's been... uh, actually, to bring a counter, uh, bring back the point of yes, last week's item. Last, last week, technically. Uh, I had an idea of maybe making the mind, uh, meters, mind muggers gloves. Being a cursed object. Oh. Uh, I felt like. Oh, but like because like there was this um, Cthulhu uh, Lovecraftian vibe to it. I felt like making it cursed would also make the mind erasing abilities more worth it. Perhaps. Like more what if it? <laughs> I mean, like uh, it'll give it more flair narratively. Sorry. <laughs> okay. Right, right, right. So because just like, for context, this is the. I yeah. think that we're looking at last week. Last last, last week. <laughs> last episode. Yeah. Mind muggers myths. Uh the memory lapse and whatnot. Advantage on sleight of hand. Maybe a curse that it could have given would have been uh I don't know, getting corrupted. Making wisdom saves every week or like every stage, every use of the memory lapse would also make you start to forget your own memory or something like that. I don't know. It's just something a tangent that I like thought of. Couldn't bring up last episode. Well, cursed magical items are always, you know, the best thing ever. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right. All right. Okay. So that is all for the homebrew. Uh, any okay. So let's move on to the last section of today's episode. So nearing an hour. Uh, let's let's finish things off with something a little bit, you know, funner. 
I hope this is better. <laughs> Please, Crit. This is all on you. If you're not happy by the <laughs> end of this. <laughs> <laughs> Today's story is a little bit sad. No, I'm kidding. Um, it's it's really not. I've been I've been uh, sitting in a dark room for the last two weeks, just practicing reading, so Albert can't make fun of me. So <laughs> here we go. <clears throat> so, player challenges a twentieth level druid. No, wait, fuck, no, no. Just <laughs> <laughs> screw it, I'm on the I first know, sentence! It, it's a joke, you joke, come on, come on. Uh -huh, uh -huh. Sure, oh, sure, sure, sure. <laughs> Where's the bee? <laughs> I, I'm it's a joke. <laughs> I've been saving this one up since last time. Somebody clip it! <laughs> Oh, oh Jesus! Start, 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 start! I'm gonna beat myself! See, I'm telling you, today's a good day. It's a good story today, see? Okay. I'm already laughing. <laughs> Long story short, I'm DMing a game where the players are magical experiments that were screwed up and got rejected and were scooped up by a benefactor before being recycled for parts. The party is a dwarf artificer making an attempt at making a living spell ended up with a stunted body and a keen aptitude for magic items, an Asimar paladin, angel forcefully bound in a human body, human druid, failed brewing of an elixir of life, changed her body into a font of spores, really cool by the way, yeah. a human sorcerer, tried to infuse his soul with technology, and a minotaur barbarian, Bones grafted with druidic menhir stones, Wolverine style. Damn. Again, all of these are yeah. so freaking cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, what the heck? So, they oh, do shit. jobs all over the evil empire, uh, on one of which they meet the head of the magical academies, a mage named Felkrin. The paladin had particular beef with Felkrin because he was one uh, he was the one who bound the Paladin's angelic spirit into a human body and left him doomed to die as a mortal. As the DM, I had intended for Falcron to be just an evil asshole and be on his way, but the sorcerer formally challenged him to a duel and rolled very well in his persuasion. So, Falcron and the sorcerer are allowed to choose four champions and fight five on five. The party calls in their strongest allies, including a literal Abrams tank, <laughs> and they duke it out in an arena. Wait, what? A tank? Yeah, main, the main tank that Americans use. Yeah. Oh. Well, you know, you, you gotta big, uh, pull out the big guns when, you know, Literally. fighting a wizard. <laughs> What's going on with the wizard and Abrams tank, obviously? Okay. So, I won't give a play-by-play -play of the whole fight, but Falcon opened uh, by casting Time Stop then invulnerability and a bunch of other buffs before flying up the sorcerer who thought he'd be safe in the sky. So the sorcerer casts banishment on Falcon, who fails his save and is out of the fight temporarily. Below he can see that Falcon's champions are way too tough for his allies, including a tank. So he asks me if he can break concentration on banishment to cast polymorph on himself and huh? turn himself into a sperm whale. Oh, okay. <laughs> Here it comes. <laughs> uh, we take time to position it right, calculate the weight of a sperm whale, and look up the rules for falling object. Stop laughing at the word sperm, Ina. Come on. No, I didn't. I was. <laughs> no, because this is so something that we did last time. Remember when Kitiara was pile driving the. That's why. Pile drive. Yeah. Pile driving. Anyway. Oh, we'll get to that later. We'll get to that later. We determined that a male adult sperm whale weighs around 41 tons, or just over 90,000 pounds. The sorcerer transforms, Falcon is unbanished, and fails his save to react in time before a sperm whale falls from 100 <laughs> feet right on top of him. <laughs> now, the rules for D&D 5e state that falling object damage is 1d6 for every 10 pounds of the object weighs, capping out at 20d6. Uh, you, you were sorry? No, no, no. Uh, but I felt this was an appropriate time to wave that. I agree. Wave. Yeah. Part of being a DM is allowing your players to have their moments, and I was uh, fully on board for this one. The sperm whale splats onto the ground. Falcon and his two other champions dealing okay, 9,000 feet six damage to them and himself. We much. used a dice killer bot and it came out with just over 31,000 damage. 
Jesus. If a raids rocket, eat your heart out. The PC won the duel at the cost of the sorcerer's life. His body was too destroyed to revive, no. so the druid reincarnated him and he came back as a halfling. <laughs> and that's the story of how dropping a sperm whale on people became my table's equivalent of that one time in Star Wars, where Laura Dern light speeded into a bad guy's chair. <laughs> yeah. Damn. That was. Awesome. awesome. Yeah. <laughs> Holy shit. <laughs> Did you yeah. see? I made like two mistakes this entire time. I didn't <laughs> I can read. <laughs> I can read. <laughs> How oh, much practice oh, have you no, had for this? It was a this? human. It was a halfling. Okay. Yeah. Two, two, two weeks, Rain. Two, two weeks of two, just two weeks. shadow yeah. boxing in the dark <laughs> while looking at text. Mental training. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I, I was I was laughing because like this is the time where you just the you, the party the whole table just go and like research the randomness of things. <laughs> Remember when we were trying to like build a rocket and we're like determining the size of it and be like, damn, somebody's gonna come and like the FBI is gonna come knocking or something. <laughs> <We're> <laughs> looking at like the inventions of a rocket. How long would it take to build a rocket? How much is the price? <laughs> Imagine they come to your house. I, I mean, I don't think information like that is like illegal, per se. <laughs> it's not illegal, but it raises suspicion. It's the memes, you know. <laughs> oh my god, I. I you know. Yeah. We had something similar in my last campaign. Um, I mean, the, the campaign I'm still running, last arc of the campaign, I guess. Uh -huh. They were fighting this monster that like they could barely damage, but it was a large monster, right? Uh -huh. And they were really, really dying to it real fucking hard. So uh -huh. the party gnome paladin who built himself rocket boots to let him fly for a while, uh -huh. decided that the best course of action would be to have the sorcerer or the druid polymorph the enemy into a rat. <laughs> he grabbed it, used his rocket boots, and just blew up all oh the way God. up. And I, and I had him like, I had him roll percentile for the malfunction, and I kept telling him like, if you roll badly, your your like feet would explode, gone, no more feet for you. Uh -huh. He's like, yeah, I know, and kept going. Succeeded way too many rolls. Uh, went like above the clouds, basically, no. and then just from all the way up threw the rat downward. <laughs> <laughs> Sayonara, bitch. <laughs> Destroyed it. <laughs> and also, I know your party, like, pilot drive the villain into the ground from super high up yeah, as well. Yeah, right? yeah. So That was a moment. I feel like we talked about this some in some session, I don't remember. But, yeah, basically we had this, uh... I don't know what to say, like an undead? Undead... Undead-ish sorcerer who keeps like killing our player, one of the PC, because like, I don't know, he finds it funny. Um, and like we keep trying to kill him but he keeps coming back because he has some sort of undead resilience. So no amount of damage was big enough to like really make him fail his save. So in the end, what we did was just haste one of our players. And that player is like a fighter with like chunky muscles anyway and she uh and then give her fly then she take she basically grapples the the uh the p the npc and just just fly all the way up to like the max speed and then comes back down to pile drive it basically i feel like i didn't talk about that as epic as it is so yeah but yeah, essentially the whole party kind of like work together. One person <laughs> cast fly, one person cast his, flies up to the very top, and then yeah, just power. And that was the last session for that uh, fighter the as well. After after that, the fighter left the campaign. Yeah. So I know. Yeah, yeah, yeah that, that's just a really nice send off for the character. Except the the NPC came back to life the next day. So yeah, yeah. Thanks for that, Rain. Very cool. I'm sorry. Like, it was a hard fight that they won, but the enemy is still alive. If, yeah. if I was that NPC, I would, like, pick myself off the ground. Like, okay, yeah, maybe <laughs> maybe I don't want to fight you guys anymore and just walk off. 
Nah, they fucking murderized that guy. Like, no, no, no role that the guy can roll to save from that massive. It damage. was like 24 d 240 feet was the max with haste, so it was like 24 d6. Yeah, on the neck as well. Oof. Yeah. yeah, and the guy tried to cushion his fall by casting like. I think like some rays undead or something so that you know there's some undead to cushion his fall. Yeah. But no, that that lamb cut herself, counter spell, fail. Press play. As as a dungeon master, players do this shit more often, please. We we yeah. live for it. <laughs> yeah. 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 But yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Alright, so <clears throat> just to close off, I just want to try out this one last session, uh, section very quickly. So let's say, uh, uh, so what we'll do is somebody takes on the role of the player and then the other two takes on the role of DM. So, <laughs> okay, uh, 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 I'll say uh, War. Okay, so let's say your character casts Wish. What would it right. be? Um, wait. Okay, can, kind of... Yeah, pick any character that you have. What is your the wish that you have currently? Is this out of context, like just the character's like motivations and stuff like that? Like, if you know, have the spell wish, mm-hmm. what would ca- you do? What would you do? What would you wish oh, for? Oh God. Okay, then let's take one of my characters. Uh, we'll call him Lou or Louise. Is is the character's name? Uh-huh. Uh, he wants to uh, end this sort of, I guess, like his best wish is to end this sort of perception against a minority of subrace of people. Uh huh. So, what would you wish that? What would you? What I would it? Oh, well, what's the wording? Yeah. <laughs> and and <laughs> Rain and Crit has to. Yeah. Um, Basically, how will the how will the DMs the two DMs here decide? How this wish will be in fruition, basically. Oh damn! Okay then. Uh, I guess in context and the wording, uh, like in the in this world, hmm. I wish new types were not uh, viewed as threats to society. That's hmm. how I'll say it. New types are the subrace. Yeah. All right. So you wish a certain subrace won't be seen as a, a threat, new, a threat or to like society. Okay. Or so... yeah. How would you guys rule it? Like, how would you make it like monkey pot it into backfire? I have such oh. a terrible answer to that, like right off the gate. Okay. Off the top of you are not seen as a threat to society. Fighting you and killing you in the streets is no longer considered like a big deal because you're not a threat anymore. People just hunt you down massively because oh you're not God. a threat. The oh enemies God. grow older. What? How? How did that happen? Even would be would be indoctrinated to say, "Hey, you killed this motherfucker!" <laughs> Yo, oh, wow. the amount of guilt that people have. <laughs> oh, I don't feel like I can top that. Mine, mine is dumb. Mine is just. Oh God, God. You're, you're, no longer, you're no longer a social socially a threat. You're just you know a threat to the world now. Yay. <laughs> What? So everybody will band together that and murder you. Sucks. Instead of murder you, we murder the DM because that <laughs> sucks. Oh god. With the context of the world, oh god. Yeah, so... you said society, so not society anymore. So, but then again, society is a subset of the world. So if it's to the world, then. Okay, <laughs> okay. I, I had a split second to think about okay, it. That was yeah. the first thing I thought. <laughs> okay, like to give context on how fucked up this would be. I mean, it basically happened for a period of the time of the lore. Uh, so it, this is, I was talking about Gundam. Uh, uh-huh. <laughs> new types are basically the magic space people version of people. They've lived in space for long enough that a certain organ developed and they're like psychic or something like yeah. that. Uh... Holy shit, for like a period of the time, like the space people were regarded as new types and new types were seen as a threat. And they were able to like brainwash and like um, uh, like bring into their military propaganda new types to make them like work for the other faction. And it's a whole subset of period where it's just sad and depressing. And you just made it more sad and depressing. Oh, God. <laughs> 
Hey, what can I say? War is a, uh, great is a great game. <laughs> I wouldn't say great, I would say cruel. Ooh. Why well, not? All, all great GMs are cruel. I think that's just how wow. it is. Yeah. Uh, alternative, alternative monkey paw result. Uh, sure, you're no longer a threat, but you get herpes. I was referencing something I said before the stream, so this doesn't make sense for the <laughs> Backstage uh, jokes. Anyway, with that note, um, that's the end of today's show. That's all we have for you this week, folks. So we'll see you guys next week. And in the meantime, stay safe and feel free to enjoy a healthy dose of DD memes on your way out. Why are you weird every time? What? Oh yeah. Anyway. Why? <laughs> now, now we go to memes.